Hi, this is Julia Amanov, and this is the sixth episode of Up to Date in Columbus. This podcast was created to explore the dating world from all angles and share experience so you, the listener, feel more connected to the world around you. In today's episode, we'll discuss the five love languages and communication with guest Annie Clark. All right, thank you for joining me, Annie. And can you introduce yourself to the listener? Hi, everyone. My name is Annie. I work with Julia at Cover My Meds. Um, currently single, loving it. I'm in the <laughs> camp of single is a great place to be. Um, and I think myself of a relationship expert just because I'm single, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense for sure. Yeah. Um, so today's topic is the five love languages and then we'll touch a little bit on communication as well because that's kind of intertwined um so why don't you define the five love languages yeah for sure so there are five obviously um the five that there are are receiving gifts quality time words of affirmation acts of service or devotion and physical touch um most of them are pretty self-explanatory i think um receiving gifts obviously receiving gifts, your partner buying you um, flowers or purse or whatever kind of makes you happy there, quality time. Um, And that's kind of up to the person. Um, It can be quality time with no phones. It can just be sitting together on the couch and Mm -hmm. watching TV together. Um, Words of affirmation, hey, babe, you look beautiful today, or (laughs) I really liked the dinner that we cooked together, just something like that. Um, Acts of service, This one's a little bit harder to define, I think, um, but mostly doing little things is kind of how I see this one. Um, My mom's best friend was telling me a story about how her ex-boyfriend used to go fill up her car for her with gas randomly and just go run it through the car wash, which I think is super cute. And That's just, so sweet. It's just I really a, hate getting gas. Yes. <laughs> I just hate it's it. It's such a pain, and it's just something that that person does that shows you that they care and mm-hmm. trying to do something for you. Um, physical touch, obviously. It's cuddling, doing kind of whatever you do that makes you happy to be close to that person physically. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that one is kind of up to... Um, each person, whether it be actually like cuddling or having sex or whatever that may be. So those are kind of the five that there are. Um, have you taken the quiz? Yes, I took it. I took it right before I started my very first relationship about a year and a half ago. Yeah, which is... What are your five? Or um, what's your top, I guess? So my top two, top, so the first one was quality time. And then the second second one was physical touch. Interesting. Yeah. Mine is also quality time, but my second one is, I'm pretty sure it's acts of service. Acts of service and words of affirmation were, like, neck and neck Mm -hmm. for me, Um, but quality time is, like, very low on mine. Really? Which is super interesting. It's currently where I am in life. That's where it Mm -hmm. is. It used to be different, Um, but yeah, that's where I am right now, so it's very interesting. Definitely. Yeah. I feel like it can change based on your dating experience. What was... So you took the test after your last relationship? Um, I actually took it during my last relationship and I made my boyfriend at the time take it with me (laughs) so we could see because I am a communication major. um, So 
even though a lot of it is kind of geared towards business communication, I kind of put it through every aspect of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, I think communication is the most important thing that humans can do with one another. Um, so I am all about communication. I'll take all the quizzes, I'll do all (laughs) the things, even though it can be a little annoying. Um, so we took it together and it was really interesting to kind of see how each other prefers to be loved, basically. Did you find that you were both different? Um, I honestly don't remember his because it was <laughs> a while ago. I'll try to block some of that out of my memory. It's fine. <laughs> um, but I think it was pretty similar, um, only because we were pretty compatible, so I thought, with one another. And actually, the writer, it's actually a book, if people don't know, um, the writer, Gary Chapman, his whole theory based around it is that people naturally give love the way they prefer to receive love. Mm. Um, so it's really important to kind of have the knowledge of the way you and your partner both prefer to receive love so that you can effectively communicate with one another what your ideal scenario is. If someone's top one is acts of, or if someone's top love language is receiving gifts and the other person is mega frugal and hates spending money, (laughs) maybe you need to communicate that with each other because that might not happen very naturally. So (laughs) just something that is best to communicate with one another to have a cohesive, healthy, strong relationship, in my opinion. Do you think that the best relationships are the ones where people have the same love languages? Um, this is actually interesting. Um, my... can't remember how I was going to phrase it. Um, that's an interesting question. My mom actually took this quiz last night and my stepdad refused to take it. He (laughs) thinks quizzes like this are silly and it's just overanalyzing the relationship. And it was kind of a, we dug into a lot more. We sat there for probably two hours talking about the relationship and everything. Um, I think so. Yes. But you also shouldn't count out people just because they don't have the same love language Mm -hmm. as you. Um, Because you can effectively have a a relationship with someone who, even if you're at total opposite ends of the spectrum, as long as you're willing to do the things that they need, then it can definitely work out. It just might not be supernatural at first, um, but as long as you're willing to put in the effort and kind of know that's what they need, then of course it can work. Yeah, definitely. Relationships are a lot of work, and I feel like people don't realize that at first, especially because in the honeymoon phase and when the first meeting phase, it's not that hard and it's not that much work. It's natural and it comes easy and it's new and exciting, but as you go along, they're really hard to keep them going and keep them fun and active and alive. Mm-hmm. Well, I have this theory that, and this might just be from my experience, Um, but I feel like your love languages can change as you're in a single relationship, especially because you mentioned the, uh, honeymoon phase. Yes. Because with the honeymoon phase, it's like the first three months you're together, typically you spend a lot of time with that person and there's a lot of sex going on, Mm -hmm. you know, or a lot of physical touch. Yes. Um, and so that's why I think at the time those were my top two and I took it at the start of the relationship. Oh, yeah, for sure. And... Not even just the actual love language is changing, but the way you define the love language to yourself. Mm -hmm. So at first, 
if if physical touch is always your one of your top ones, it could change to having sex just to cuddling on the couch next to each other, to holding hands as you're eating dinner or something. So the actual love language definition can change in a relationship and out of relationship as well. Yeah, that's so true. Like acts of service, it could be this huge grandiose like act of affection now turn to like oh yeah I'll do the dishes for you honey exactly. you know like no big as, deal like as your relationship progresses and as things change if you move in together or whatever it may be it's gonna change just based on your the kind of climate of your relationship at the time so yeah super interesting I am a big fan of this kind of theory <laughs> um that Gary Chapman has kind of arranged just because it's super true when people take the test um, again, my mom's best friend took it last night and she was super surprised with her results and, but she was like, oh, it makes complete sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it kind of sparked her to realize some of those things her ex-boyfriend did, like the gas and everything oh. like that before. And she was like, oh yeah, that would follow under that category. I didn't think it would be as big of a category for me, but I really loved those things that he did. So it kind of made her more aware and present as to what those little things can be, um, if you're kind of paying attention to it a little bit. Definitely. Um, so tell us a little bit about your previous dating experience and how maybe your love languages have changed since then. (laughs) Well, (laughs) um, I was in a super long relationship. I was dating the same person from age 15 to 23. I'll save you guys the math. That's eight years. (laughs) Um, I think, right? You said 15 yeah, to Yeah, yeah, it is, it's eight. <laughs> Just making sure. Um, yeah, so my love language in that relationship, physical touch was totally at the top. Mm. I, and it's not now. I don't know if it's because I'm super jaded now and just don't want to <laughs> physically give myself up to a person like that. Um, it's kind of like a, a barrier that I've built up. Yeah. Um, so that is something that's definitely changed. Um, and dating after that, um, you don't really, it's not something you bring up to people in the first couple of dates. (laughs) So you just have to kind of, before we move on to the second date, what are your love languages? Take this 30 minute (laughs) quiz real quick. (laughs) And we need to see if we'll, they'll, this can work. Because meeting online wasn't enough of a test already. Right. And that's actually a super interesting point, too, because I think you can kind of, with some of the dating apps, not Tinder or anything like that, you can kind of maybe garner a little bit of what someone's love language might be based on some of the answers to the questions. Oh. Maybe. I it depends on the dating app. I know there's some dating apps that ask you more in-depth questions. Mm-hmm. Like, that... like Hinge and Bumble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you can kind of, if someone's ideal Sunday morning is staying in and cooking together or something like that, versus if you see another profile and it's a guy that's like, at the bar, Mimosa. hanging out mimosas <laughs> for days, you can kind of see maybe quality time might be a little bit more important for that first guy mm-hmm. um, than the second guy. So that's actually super interesting, too. That is. Um, or if they have a picture of them cuddling their dog, they're yes. like, oh, you're definitely a cuddler and you yes. like physical touch. and 100%. I never thought about it that way. Yeah. Wow. And it might not be true again. There's a lot of things that people can put on their dating sites that might not actually be true. Oh, that's a whole other episode I can <laughs> I know, talk <right>? about. 
<laughs> um, but it might give you a little bit of an insight as to kind of what they might be a mm-hmm. little bit. Um, and I dated someone whose love language was completely opposite of mine. His number one, again, I didn't make him take the test because <laughs> that would be weird. Um, but I could just tell he, his top one was physical touch. He always wanted to be touching oh. constantly. And it was the most annoying thing. Right. Because that was space. my last, especially because it was my first. I don't like to call it a relationship because, I mean, we dated on an, kind of on and off for like four months. Okay. So it was kind of a relationship, but I never let it be called that or be defined as that because it was kind of soon after my first mm-hmm. one. And I just wasn't ready to call someone else my boyfriend at the time. After eight years, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, and that's one that it just didn't work anyway. His mom is a cold person. Yikes. And because my love language was complete opposite of his in the physical touch realm, mm-hmm. I called him clingy and he called me cold Ooh. like his mom. So Yikes. Yeah. So that one didn't work out. Not always saying it can't yeah. be like that. Uh, or that it can, I mixed up my tenses. Not always saying that it will be like that. Um, it can definitely work out with someone who's, if you're willing to put in the effort, you can definitely compromise. Yeah, for sure. That one specifically, I wasn't willing to compromise, but that's <laughs> a whole other story. I mean, that's a good thing. You know what you want. You know how to be like, bye. Yeah. Constant touching. The my most gosh. annoying thing. What would he do? Like, if we're watching a movie on the couch, like, he would not even kidding climb on top of me not in a sexual (laughs) way either like not like hey let's have sex just like (laughs) lay on me oh my gosh no and not not only is my love language not um physical touch i'm also like a little claustrophobic Mm. so when i say like get off of me i'm not joking (laughs) like i will full-on have a straight panic attack if you don't get off so yeah that one did not work at all wow and he did try to have sex a lot of the time, but that's, again, neither here nor there. <laughs> wow. Uh, so what is your top love language right now? Uh, since I'm not dating right now, I'm taking a little break. You can be single and have love languages. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think. I think. Does Gary I, say anything about that? I don't. Gary, come on. Where <laughs> are you? I need you Gary, to answer me. Gary, inform us single people. Gary. Um, probably, because it might not even, I don't think love languages are just meant for, like, a romantic partner. I Mm -hmm. think love languages are definitely for family and friends or whoever. Um, quality time is definitely always going to be my top one, I think. I love spending time with people, just being together. Sitting separately on the couch, though, (laughs) not right up on each other. Um, but yeah, it's definitely something that grows and evolves and, Maybe I'll meet someone in a year from now, and quality, or I keep saying that, and physical touch will be my top one, and I'll be the clingy one. Who knows? It can definitely change and evolve, but at this time, quality time, acts of service, if anyone does anything nice for me, that's it. Game over. I'm done for. (laughs) (laughs) Well... Yeah, I feel like I haven't taken the love language test in a long time, but I definitely don't think physical touch and quality time are my number one anymore. Which is super interesting. Yeah. You should take it. 
I feel, I think I will, I think I will. Because you did it at the beginning of your last relationship, Mm -hmm. I think it'll be super different now as a single person. I agree. Or maybe not. I think, I don't know, I think when it's brand new, it makes sense that those are the top two, but once you date for a little while longer and you are okay with having your own life, you know, because I'm fairly independent, um, but when I was dating this, my, my ex, I felt like. I was constantly trying to see him all the time. Yes. And that was, like, too much quality time to the point where it's not quality anymore. It's just time spent. Um, For sure. Yeah, so that's why if I were to retake it, I feel like, I don't know, words of affirmation I think I needed more throughout the relationship. But I was trying to tell myself. Like, I was trying to affirm, affirm, reaffirm things on my (laughs) own to myself without him having to say anything, but I feel like I really needed that. And that's where the communication aspect comes in, like, tenfold, is if you're taking this quiz or just recognizing it in yourself and you know what you need, you have to be able to talk to your partner about what you need. And it's, if you, if they're not willing to give you what you need, then obviously the relationship isn't going to work from there, Um, but you have to be honest and say, hey this is where I am in life and this is kind of what I need from you to feel fulfilled in the relationship and that's not something you should ever feel guilty or ashamed for um that's it's who you are and it's what you need and if that person loves you or even likes you (laughs) then they should be willing to put in that effort and give you what you need yeah I agree and I feel like that works in every relationship not just dating like I have friends where And it's hard to be honest with people, especially if you're super close with them. But if you realize that the way that they're communicating with you or the way that they're treating you is not the way you want to be treated or the way you feel you deserve it, it can be tough if you're not honest. 100%. And that's any aspect of life, any aspect of your relationship. You have to be comfortable enough to speak your mind and tell people what works for you and what doesn't. Um... If you're not feeling fulfilled and you don't feel like you can talk to that person about it, then that person's not truly your partner. Because mm-hmm. your partner in life should be the person you feel most comfortable with. So, yeah, I don't know. Communication, everyone. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> At what point do you think, and this might be, this might be overanalyzing things a bit, but that's what I do. I um, mean... They- I think it's what we doesn't. Do. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> I have anxiety. I am constantly <laughs> analyzing everything. Oh God, same. It's painful. I'm thinking about how terrible my voice sounds right now constantly as I go through. You sound great. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, no, it's true. I mean, you overanalyze and it gives you anxiety because you think that things are worse than they are, different than they yes. are. You, you know? just let it fester. Right. And then it becomes a little thing in your relationship. And then it just grows and grows. Mm -hmm. And then that person doesn't even know that this is happening behind the scenes. Because you can't communicate it with them. Exactly. And if you're, if they are sensing something's wrong and they're nice enough to ask you about it or bring it up and you're still afraid to say anything, then that kind of shuts them out a little bit Mm -hmm. and puts up a wall around them that I know, I can sense and see that something is wrong, but they're not telling me for whatever reason so it might put up a guard around them too yeah and then it's just or they get anxious too exactly and then just forget about your love languages because you're just all anxious and not able to (laughs) you know be fully expressive um 
But the, the question that I was going to ask about, you know, without trying to get too over-analytical, and you might think this is, but um, is there a time in the relationship that you think is a good time to be communicative and be more open? Or would you say that it has to happen from the very beginning? That's a really interesting question. <laughs> I have been in one long relationship in my life, and the other, like, dating that I've done, I've never let get past the point to a relationship, mm-hmm. so I don't know if I'm the best person to comment on that, because I don't know. Um, in my first relationship, I was 15 years old, <laughs> and so you you say everything that's on your mind when you're 15 years old. It doesn't matter if it's, I don't know, but... I think it has to start from the beginning. Don't walk into a first date and be like, hey, I want to get married by next year and have three kids by the time I'm 30. That might scare someone away. Does this seem like something you can do? (laughs) Right? Don't have a checklist that you're sitting there saying, hey, what kind of house do you want in the future? Right. That's that's not cool communication. That's a little crazy. Um, Not crazy. I don't like that word. take that out. <laughs> extra. Let's use yeah, the it's term extra. extra. That's good. Um, but it's definitely, if you think about the first date, they're asking you questions, kind of like an interview type situation, and you have, like, in an ideal scenario, you're giving them honest answers. Mm-hmm. And that's the original communication that you're having is super honest, hopefully, again, fingers crossed that you're giving and receiving honest answers from someone, Um, but that's the most important communication from the get-go, that you're learning so much about someone's life Mm -hmm. in, like, a one- to two-hour meeting, in a sense, and so from there, you should be able to kind of continue that communication. Again, the more serious topics, it just depends. (laughs) Like, my dad, for example, he has bipolar, and he's dating. And he doesn't know when a good time to bring up that he has bipolar. Yeah. So he asked me that the other day. Should I do second date, third date, not until things are getting more serious? And that's a whole other issue. Um, <laughs> but it, it it's, it's something that a lot of people face in every walk of life, um, whether it be mental illness or a child or that they're divorced or that they've never dated before, that they're a virgin. Who knows? Yeah. It's just a matter of, like, when do I say it? Right. Which you just have to feel it out, I think. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was yeah. like, you have to feel it out. If things are going really well on the first date, it's like, maybe I will mention this because I want there to be a second date and I want to be honest. Right. You don't want to feel like you're holding something from someone. Right. And you don't want to wait until you're married and <laughs> decide that the, that's the right time. Oh, hey, by the way, I struggle with this. Yep. So, Which apparently a lot of people do, but... Yeah. Okay. It's everyone has something that mm-hmm. it when they're dating it's like oh when should I bring this up? I mine is that 8 years of my life were spent with the same person, so a lot of my stories and personal anecdotes are going to include that person. Uh, yeah. And so I like to tell people as upfront as possible, "Hey, this person is probably going to be brought up a lot just because it happened, yeah, and it's part of my life, and I'm not going to erase it or feel sorry about it, and you should feel secure enough to where it doesn't bother you mm-hmm. anyway. Um, but yeah, everyone has their thing that is hard to communicate, but again, just feel it out, 
make sure you are communicating it at some point. Yeah. Whenever it feels right to you. For sure. It's very important. Um, so moving into the last question, because we're about out of time. It's going by so fast. That was um, fast. What are some, or one, piece of advice that you would provide to the listeners? And uh, again, this isn't a podcast based on advice, but I still like to give people the opportunity if they have something to say. I'm an expert. Write me at <laughs> Ask Annie. Uh, <laughs> right back to you on my personalized stationery. I think she's kidding. <laughs> I'm totally <laughs> kidding. Um, I mean, it sounds so generic and stupid, but there's no better advice than just communicate your feelings. At, or not even just your feelings, but a scenario, something that happened. Um, one of my favorite things is when something happens and a, I'm going to use a hetero relationship in this example just because I've had personal experience with it mm -hmm. but something happens a man doesn't want to tell a woman because he's afraid she's going to get mad but then yes. the woman finds out later mm -hmm. and now it's not just dealing with the thing that she would be mad about in the first place but it's also dealing with the lie or the deceit or the covering up or something like that and it's just something that especially advice to the men or whoever <laughs> out there just be honest mm -hmm. take the hit that might come if you screwed up, if you did something bad, whatever, deal with it. If that person gets mad, that's fine. They're going to be mad for, like, a second, and then it's going to be fine. Don't hide it. That makes it so much worse. Yeah. The trust can stay, if you're honest. Exactly. It breaks the trust down, and that is no healthy relationship when you don't have trust. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was super generic advice, but... Just be honest. It's not that hard. Just own up to whatever you did or whatever you said or if you backed the car into the garage post and scratched something. Boy, have I done someone. that before. <laughs> just <Yeah>. tell them. <laughs> it's fine. Well, thank you, Annie, for telling me and the world your story. 